Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Might I remind you folks, uh, although Leon Tailoring is great for the tailor and ready-made clothes, they also have a good career services division for your young person, because before you know it, they'll be out heading off for interviews, for jobs, or for internships this summer, and you want to make sure your young person looks their best. You guys have invested a lot of time and energy and money in that college education, now it's time for it to start paying off, and Leon Tailoring can help you do it. They'll make sure your young person is dressed right for the right job, so they can make that right first impression. You know, I'm important that is. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, check out their career services division. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, it has been a while since we had our Libertarian friends in studio, so join us now is the chairman of the Libertarian Party, the great city of Indiana, our good friend Evan McMahon. Evan, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me, Abdul. I appreciate it. Good to have you here. So how's all the Libertarian stuff going in the state of Indiana these days? It's it's expanding. I mean, you know, the since the rainwater campaign in 2020, we've organized uh, dozens of more county parties. We have more candidates on the ballot. We have a great secretary of state candidate. And we're just we're seeing a lot of people that are ready to leave either the Democrats or Republicans and find their true political home, the libertarians. Uh, what is appealing to those folks about the libertarians? Well, I think it, it really stems from we don't want to control your lives. We want you to make the decisions for yourself, how you're going to live. So that's lower taxes. That's deciding how your kids are going to be educated. That's medical freedom, whether it be to vaccinate or to use cannabis to treat cancer. It should be your choice. Um, so they, they look to us as the party that's been consistent for over 50 years when it comes to you deciding for yourself. It should be you, not the government. Um, as most as uh, Democrats and Republicans, or at least uh, the perception is in, in some of the universes, uh, tend to cater more towards the extreme right or extreme left. Do you find the libertarians are sort of like, hey, we're the, they're the party in the middle, so to speak? Uh, you know, we get tabbed as kind of being the, the centrist party a lot, but really, we're really not. Um, we take pretty hardcore stances on major issues like medical freedom, uh, like the, the ability to use cannabis, like school choice, like, uh, you know, the right to protect yourself by any means through the Second Amendment. Those are, you know, hardcore stances. So I don't think we're we're in the center where people go, oh, you know, middle ground. We're pretty hardcore on a lot of these issues. It just happens to be some of these issues are on the right and some of these issues are on the left. Um, obviously, we have a primary coming up in a few weeks here in Indiana. However, uh, I think it's important to let people know that libertarians do not do primaries. We don't. We don't ask the taxpayer or uh, demand that the taxpayer pay for our uh, party preference. Uh, we hold our, our nominating convention once a year or on the, the county level, and that's how we pick our candidates. So uh, we won't be wasting your taxpayer dollars. Um, but uh, but you are on the ballot in the general election. Um, Correct. How's it looking for candidates, at, in, at, least, at the very least, for statewide offices? You know, so uh, we've got two great statewide offices um, candidates so far. We have uh, John Schick, who's running for auditor. He's run previously before in 2018. Um, you know, very capable of doing the job. Uh, he's, uh, I believe, a CPA in his, in his private life. Um, and then we have Jeff Moore uh, running for Secretary of State, who for the last two years has been going around to different counties and events and talking about the things that are important when it comes to that office, election integrity, being able to audit all of the election, not just doubling the automatic audits from five counties to 10, um, but actually having a real you know, traceable audit trail. Uh, as well as, um, I, I did hear the other day on, on, I think it was your program, the, the question of uh, uh, the Secretary of State being called on revoking licenses uh, for businesses. Yes. And, and what actually happened with that was um, Connie Lawson 
um, said she would revoke the business licenses for any business that refused to comply with the, the COVID orders uh, signed by Governor Holcomb. And that was at Governor Holcomb's request. Um, this isn't a health code thing. This isn't the health code revoking your occupancy permit. This is the Secretary of State revoking your business license. And Jeff Moore has said publicly that for two years now that the governor uh, can make whatever demands he wants. That's not his authority. And the secretary of state has no right to do that to a business. So he would he would adamantly oppose that uh, if if called on the governor to do such. Our guest on the program today, that voice you're hearing is Evan McMahon. Evan is the chairman of the Libertarian Party of Indiana. And so it's been a while since we had him in studio since he became chairman. So we're just getting caught up on a few items and a few things here and there. Uh, speaking of the Secretary of State's race, I know uh, there's a threshold of the vote uh, that you have to get to remain on the ballot. What is that? It's 2%. 2% of the vote uh, keeps us a, a minor political party. Um, so that we can nominate our candidates at convention. 10% of the vote uh, puts us into a mandatory primary, which, of course, we're already prepared to challenge that in court when that day comes up. Um, But it also, if you look at Donald Rainwater's campaign, if that was what we call a ballot access race, uh, Don Rainwater got 12% of the vote, but he also came in second place in 33 counties. And those 33 counties, libertarians would now be on the election board. They would also have automatic appointments to boards and commissions for the the county and the cities and the towns. Um, So it's, it's, you know, a hugely important race for the Libertarian Party. We've always called it our our ballot access race. I call it our party momentum race this year because we're we're not just trying to keep 2% or break 10%. We're trying to make some real damage here. And I think... um, with Jeff Moore and, and the support of, you know, Rainwater Libertarians, I, I think we're actually going to put uh, the Republicans uh, to the test this year. Um, where, uh, because I remember Rainwater did very well in southern Indiana, sort of south of I-70. Uh, uh, you guys hoping to repeat that uh, success or expand a little bit more? You know, I mean, there's there's no secret. We're, we're starting all of our, our efforts in the counties that, that Don came in second place. There were other counties where he didn't come in second place, but he got over 10% of the vote. Those are our second tier counties that we're going to be, you know, matching efforts in. Uh, but really, if you really look at the map of where Don Rainwater did well, yes, it was it was centralized. But in every congressional district, he came in second place in a county. Um, so it's, you know, maybe not the first district because that's, you know, the first, the first district. district. <laughs> um, but the rest of the state, you know, he picked up at least one county where he came in second place. So it was it was spread out. And. We don't want to just match Rainwater's numbers. We want to exceed them. This is, uh, you know, in, in my time, only 11 times have I ever said a libertarian could actually win. Um, and in those 11 times, nine of them did. This is one of those ones where I'm actually thinking, you know, there is a possibility here. Uh, but I guess the question is, is the Libertarian Party ready uh, to be a major party here in the state of Indiana, because you, you and I have known each other for years, it's always been sort of the, the back and forth is, are we a political party or are we a, you know, a Dungeons and Dragons club? Right. So and it's, that's, that's always been sort of the, the back and forth. I mean, when, you know, to be to be perfectly honest, and, you know, I've, I've said, I think I'm on video saying this when, you know, I ran Rupert Bonham's campaign for governor in 2012. And, um, you know, we we were hopeful in that race. And, but one of the things we were really concerned with was, oh, God, what happens if we win? Like, are we prepared for this? Um, in the last 10 years, the party's grown. 
we have people now that specialize in policy research. Um, we have people that can do whip counts. We have a good legal team. I think we are actually ready, and we have libertarians elected on the local level in cities and towns and, and uh, county councils that are proving that we can govern. So I, I think absolutely now we are 100% ready. Uh, one of the things, too, also uh, one of my libertarian friends is – have you have you grown enough in a sense that if you, if you do become a major party, oh I'm sorry, take it back because I know one of the criticisms the criticism has always been we're not like the Democrats, we're not like the Republicans, we're libertarians, we're quote unquote better than right. than, than the other parties, but we are. And so, but I guess the question is, would it feel odd having to use the same tactics as the main as the major parties to to get ahead, so to speak? Well, so I mean, one of the things that we would do right now, we're engaged in a lawsuit against the state of Indiana over ballot access. We have ballot access. We're pretty safe and secure, and we feel pretty confident. We've had it since 1994. We've maintained the 2%. We're not really in jeopardy of losing it. Even if we just get the base libertarian voters, we'll maintain our status. But we joined that lawsuit because we know what it takes and how difficult it is to do it. And we believe the Green Party and independents and other political parties, the Constitution Party, shouldn't have these restrictions placed against them, that it should be a more fair and open open system and that there should be more voices in the election. That's because we actually believe what we say. And so when it comes to governing, we're not going to be using the same tricks that the Democrats and Republicans use because they don't actually believe what they're saying. If they did, supermajority would have cut taxes, would have repealed the gas tax, would have easily years ago passed constitutional carry. We'd have medical freedom in Indiana. All of the things that they've campaigned on for the last 10 years would have happened, but they don't because they're using them as political tools and toys to, to keep their base placated and voting for them. We don't believe in that. We actually want to take over so that we can leave you alone. Our guest on the program today is Evan McMahon. Evan is the chairman of the Libertarian Party of Indiana. And so we're just getting caught up on some libertarian ideas, some libertarian issues, and uh, the general election uh, process uh, as well. Uh, I want to get back to go back to your lawsuit about ballot access, mm-hmm. basically saying that the, the, the 2% threshold. Okay, what, first of all, for help artists out, what is the basic premise of your lawsuit? The basic premise is more about the signature gathering, that petitioning actually in Indiana costs about $500,000 to be able to get on the ballot as a non party. So that's that's incredibly expensive, and it, and it creates the standard of you have to have significant resources and wealth to be able to be a political voice and be on the ballot, which is unconstitutional. Um, so we, we joined in that lawsuit as uh, a group that's gone through it. Uh, we also believe that it should be any statewide race as opposed to just the Secretary of State race, which is the most unsexy election in history, um, that we should possibly have uh, electronic signature gathering. Uh, other states, such as Arizona, use it where it automatically verifies the voter and automatically uh, confirms their, their signature. Um, so those are that's the premise of it, is that it's, it shouldn't, you know, you don't have to remove the gate, but the gate should at least be easy to get through. And, see, and, that's, and that's the question, is because I know uh, talking to some of my Democrat and Republican friends, what they will argue, and sort of the pushback is, uh, unless you want your ballot to look like an Italian phone book, mm-hmm. where you have just you know party after party after party, you, get, you need some threshold to say, hey, to, to, to have someone on the ballot, at, at least at the very least, not maybe necessarily a, a credible candidate. I hesitate to use that word, but you need some sort of safeguard. So otherwise, you're, you're, like I said, your 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 ballot doesn't look like an Italian phone book. And that's what the major two parties will always say. Uh, the top two will always say, oh no, it's too crowded. You know, they don't complain when it's their primary. 
I mean, how many candidates ran uh, a couple of years ago uh, down there in the ninth? It was like what seven you had in the fifth district when Susan Brooks was. First well, my, my, my was running like, joke what, was. was my running joke whenever I give a speech up in the fifth district, okay, anybody here who's not running, take a step forward. <laughs> right, right. And and so, you know, they believe in choice when it comes to the primary, but they don't believe in choice when it comes to the general election. Um, I believe in choice all the time. Um, I think the threshold should be lower. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be a threshold, um, but it should be significantly lower and easier to attain. The Libertarian Party is the only party that's had ballot access as a, as a minor party. We had it uh, in the early 80s and lost it uh, because it was difficult to maintain at that time. Um, it took a significant effort to regain it in 1994. It basically took two separate campaigns, and in 1994, it was like $180,000. Um, you know, translate that today under, you know, Biden's 8.5% inflation. Uh, it's like, what, like a million bucks now? Um, but so, you know, there has to be a threshold. I would concede that. I just think that they're th- setting the threshold way too high, and it protects them. Um, how many signatures do you need to get on the ballot here in Indiana if you're a non-major, non-minor political party? It's two percent of the SOS race. So give me give me a throw me a uh, number here, please. Something in the neighborhood of it was like 120,000 signatures, something like that. Now, and I, and I, and I ask you that question because once again, the the major parties will say, "All right, Indiana has 6.2 million, million people. people. Right. We're just asking you to get 100,000 signatures. That's you know." Less than like what? Less than three percent of the, the. When you're a minor party and you don't have, you know, when you look at how many people they have on their teams and and their resources and the millions of dollars that they're getting funded from corporations and PACs, we don't have that. The Green Party doesn't have that. The Constitution Party doesn't have that. They have a small number of dedicated volunteers, but to go out and get those number of signatures in the short period of time, you end up having to hire people. And with hiring people, paying um, or outfitting your volunteers, reimbursing for fuel, food and beverage and all of that comes out to about half a million dollars, a little less than half a million dollars just to get on the ballot. Now you also have to campaign and get that 2% of the vote at a minimum. Evan McMahon with us for a few more minutes on the program today as we get caught up on some libertarian-related issues here in the great state of Indiana. Uh, one of the things, one of the criticisms always thrown at the Libertarian Party, and I want to get your, you and I, we'll see, we've talked about this before, want to you know, get your thoughts again, is the Libertarians are, are basically, they say you guys are spoilers, that you, are, that you take your votes away from Republicans and you get Democrats elected. We're doing a bad job of it here in Indiana for the past 10 years, just so just let, let people know. Let's say if the Libertarian's on the ballot, the Libertarian takes votes away from the Republicans, not the Democrats. Uh, I would I would say that Woody Myers would strongly disagree <laughs> with that statement. Uh, the reality is, is any political party that believes that those votes belong to them is, that's, that's hubris. Um, you know, you traveled around the state in 2012. It was very obvious that, that um, however he wants to spin it, Eric Holcomb lost a lot of Republican support. A lot of the non-establishment Republicans voted for Don Rainwater. You would you would drive around and you'd see the two Don signs, Donald Trump and Donald Rainwater in people's yards. So we didn't steal those votes from Eric Holcomb. Eric Holcomb lost them. Uh, whenever a Republican complains that the Libertarian was a spoiler, I just say, do better. Maybe figure it out what is actually important to your voter and your constituent, and then actually do the thing. Don't just promise it, but actually do it. 
you know, I, I get calls from people who are really angry about how the constitutional carry went down, that it, it took a last minute effort and a grassroots campaign from a very libertarian organization, Young Americans for Liberty, uh, YAL, pushing uh, to get constitutional carry passed in the in the, the final hours of the legislature. A lot of people are angry with their state senators over having to resort to that. It shouldn't have been that difficult. So I would say we didn't take the vote. You lost the vote. Now, how do you keep those rainwater uh, voters, you know, in the in the libertarian camp? Because once again, the theory was that a lot of a lot of folks who voted for rainwater weren't so much mad at Hogan; they were mad at sort of the mass mandates and the and the vaccine mandates that were all there. But now all that's kind of gone by the the wayside. They'll go back to how they used to vote. Oh, they're still mad. <laughs> oh, they're really still mad. It's it was. I mean, the mask mandates uh, and the business closures really was the the torch that lit the fire um but it was how the governor responded um you know how he continued to double down over and over again their anger is really was really with him that opened their eyes to see that their elected officials in the in the state house have been deceiving them for years so that's carried over now the the secret is for years, libertarians, if you said anything that was even remotely in line with our position, we would throw the gallon of Kool-Aid at you and demand you drink it right away. And now we say, here, have a sip. You know, we're not going to make you a candidate tomorrow. We're not going to make you a county chair. But come hang out. You, you had your first taste of not voting straight ticket and voting for a libertarian. Now come and find out more about us. Slowly you know, get integrated and find out there are things that you're going to disagree with the party on. Um, there are things that I disagree with the national platform on. Um, I won't say what they are, but <laughs> everybody has that first step. And before we used to then drown you in libertarian detritus, but now we kind of say, here, come volunteer. Let's find the next campaign for you to work on. Let's find a place for you and your county party where you can volunteer and do things. Learn more about the party and really make sure this is the place for you. And that's why our membership has almost doubled in the last year. That's why we went from 15 county parties to 50 in the last year. Um, our national membership is up. Our contributions are dramatically up. Um, and it's because of that. It's because we took that initial step of not voting straight ticket and a voting for a libertarian once on your ticket. And we turned that into, come meet us. Let's meet you where you are, come meet us where we are, and let's see if we can continue to work together. So what's your game plan for the summer? Uh, more of the same. It's uh, county fairs, festivals, showing up, going door to door. We have a training program now where we're uh, launching statewide for all of our county chairs, all our county organizations to learn how to go door to door. It's doing the grassroots campaigning on a shoestring budget, but looking like we got a million bucks. All right. Well, our guest on the program today has been our good friend, Evan McMahon. Evan is the chairman of the Libertarian Party of Indiana. Uh, Evan, my friend, always good to chat with you. Look forward to having you back again real soon. Absolutely. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.